This is the W2 Prison Break Show, the podcast to help you fire your boss and become the CEO of your own business in under 12 months. I'm your host, Brian O'Neill. Welcome back to the show, everyone. Today, I'm giving you an excerpt from an interview that I did with real estate investor, seven-figure real estate investor, Mike Simmons. And there's a few things that you're going to learn in this episode, this snippet. Number one, the download that Mike was fed as a young person, the stories and the fear that he told himself about why he couldn't get involved in real estate investing and how he overcame those fears. You'll hear how he did his first deal. And then the two things that he changed in his business to go from six figures a year to seven figures per year. I hope you enjoy the episode. We're going to get right to it. Mike, <laughs> you're an investor. You have a real estate business. You're a coach, uh, a very successful one, albeit, but that's not, that's not, where, that's not how you started. And you were no. doing something else before that. And I think it's important for the listeners to, to understand where you came from, how you got started, and ultimately how you ended up where you are right now. Yeah. So I started, I'm, so I'm a Midwest guy. I, I born and raised in Michigan. And in, in Michigan specifically, certainly back in the 80s and 90s, you know, it's all automotive all the time. And my, my dad was in the automotive industry. And really, the plan that was laid in front of me as a kid growing up was graduate high school, go to college or not. Okay. But most importantly, get a job in, in the automotive industry or an industry that has a union so that you're safe, you have a pension or some sort of 401k or profit, you know, whatever. And you do that and you work for 30 to 35 years and then you retire and, and try to get by on what you were able to save. And that was what was put in front of me. And I, out of high school, I started working for UPS. And it was an it was a union, and my dad was ecstatic. The you know the Teamsters, like wow, back in the early late eighties, basically at that point. And I did that for a while, hurt my back, had to leave UPS because I was basically it took me three chiropractic appointments a week just to get out of bed in the morning. And I was twenty four, and I, I couldn't get out of bed without going to the chiropractor three times a week. So I I was smart enough to understand that's not sustainable over the next thirty years. So got a job in the automotive industry. And this was like, I worked in the automotive industry and around, around 2000 in Michigan, the automotive industry really tanked. Right about when the dot-com bubble burst, the automotive industry also was having massive layoffs and serious issues. I didn't get laid off, but I saw everyone around me getting laid off. And I thought, I am so expendable. I don't have a college degree. I don't have that much experience. I wouldn't even hire me with all the talent that's being laid off. I, I don't think I would even hire me. So at the time, I thought I need to get my college degree. I need to go back and fix that because I didn't do it out of high school. And as an adult with two kids, a mortgage, a dog, cars, you know, a wife and everything, I went back and I went and got my degree, got my four year degree and instantly doubled my income, changed jobs. And I was in the automotive industry and, and, and I saw my career path I was a white collar. I was going to go up the ladder and I was working for an international company that was automotive. And I thought, that's my path. That's what I'm going to do. I, I see before me what I want to do. And I worked there for a bunch of years. And the people that I saw that were in the positions that I aspired to have at some point were among the most unhappy, miserable, angry, unhealthy people I had ever seen because they were just stressed out beyond belief. They hated their job. They weren't getting along with their wives and husbands and they never could go to their kids' functions. And I thought, this cannot possibly be what I aspire to. This is very depressing. 
And so I started, of course, now I'm in my early 30s and I'm like, I have to do something to get out of this. So I started thinking of how do I invest my money, the money that I had, how do I invest that so I can retire? And I immediately gravitated to stocks and the stock market because that's just all I knew. And I hated it. It was boring to me. I, this is a much longer story, but just suffice to say, I really couldn't stay focused on stocks because it was incredibly boring. But as you research investing and retiring, investing for retirement and investment vehicles, real estate comes up. And when I stumbled across real estate, I was hooked. Like it kept my interest. I was really, really excited about it. And here's the key. And this is what I think I, I would like your listeners to really latch onto in this story. In 2003... I made the decision, I want to be a real estate investor. I want to do real estate. I want it to be my way out of corporate. I want it to be how I make my money. And that is what I'm going to do. I've made my decision and I'm excited. And then five years passed and I didn't buy a single property because I was afraid. I was, you know, paralysis analysis. I didn't want, you know, I tell people there's a few things that that scare people away from making big decisions or life altering decisions. They're afraid of losing money. They're afraid of losing time or they're afraid of losing their reputation. And for me, the third one was the biggest. I did not want to screw up publicly in front of my friends and family, my kids, frankly, I didn't want them to see me try to do something and fail. I let fear of embarrassment and my pride keep me from moving forward for five years. I, I lied to myself and saying, I need to get more educated. I need to read another book. I need to listen to another podcast. I need to go to another seminar because I don't want to lose money and I don't want to fail. Right. And the reality was I was hiding behind education and I'm a huge, huge advocate of becoming educated, but I was hiding behind it because learning about it was much safer than doing it. And there's a certain amount of, I think, endorphins that are released when you put yourself in the environment, but don't actually do it right. You go to a football game or a baseball game. It's exciting. You're not playing baseball, but you get a little something right from being in the environment. And so I would go to meetups and all this stuff and read books. And I sort of felt like I was surrounded myself with real estate, but I wasn't doing anything. And it wasn't until 2008 that I, I got, I hit rock bottom mentally. I hit rock bottom. I was miserable with my life. I was sick of making excuses. And I finally, I just had enough. I was sick of myself. And I was, I was literally not taking action because I was afraid. And, and eventually my dad's voice got into my head and said, you need to do something like quit complaining, quit talking a good game and go and do it and stop, you know, stop all this. And so I finally did. And, and, and I was addicted, you know, in a good way. I was, it was real estate and, and creating my own destiny was literally like a drug for me. I, I just, I, once I did it, I, I couldn't do it enough. So that's sort of where I started. Automotive was where I left corporate to go into real estate. I, I went seven years uh, to do not and did nothing, right? And you said something that was, I lied to myself hiding behind educa education. Boy, did I ever do that. And you, it's almost like you create, like you're in, you feel like you're in this prison of W2, right? Then mm -hmm. you go and create another one with all yeah. this education and podcasting. And again, it's a rush. Like I, I, I looked at stocks as well. I looked at all different types of investments and I never stuck with anything. It was like, and my wife told me once, she called me out. She's like, what's going to be the next thing for you that you don't yeah. do? Was it, which is what she didn't say. That's, so yeah, that's rough. That's, yeah. But it's, but it's good. It's important. It's things like that that make us realize, it makes us see ourselves for what we're actually doing. So let's talk about your real estate business. Maybe talk about your first deal or, or, or how, yeah, you, yeah. how you actually got over that hump. 
Will do. So interestingly, the first offer that got accepted on a house for me was in 2008. And we all know what happened around that time, right? Things were going down. And I made an offer on a house. It got accepted. I was working with a small local bank. And if you were in real estate or just an adult back then, you might even realize that there were banks that were going under, right? Yeah. So I made the offer. I was working with a bank and the bank went under basically it just it, it went upside down and and so that got blown up i, I eventually lost my my emd which was a thousand dollars and that was colossal to me that was huge money to to just lose and i was pretty bummed but six months later i got another offer accepted an identical house really the exact same footprint in the same neighborhood, one street over. The difference is the house, the offer that I got accepted originally was for $80,000, right? Not bad, Michigan prices, right? But but the second house, when I got the offer accepted, it was the same house, same neighborhood, $40,000. That's how fast real estate was dropping. And honestly, had the first one gone through, I would have ended up losing way more than $1,000 because the prices were dropping so fast. So I did my first deal, bought it for $40,000, Made a ton of mistakes that we can talk about or not, but just some lessons learned. But I I ended up doing that that deal and selling it. And at the end of the day, I profited $15,000, which was like a mini lottery for me. Like I couldn't believe it. And more importantly, my, my wife was partnering with me in the business at that time. And she's super conservative, super financially, super financially conservative. And I'm really not, but she is. She was hesitant and nervous the whole way, a lot of anxiety. We made $15,000 and that's all she needed to see proof of concept to go, okay, let's go out there and really go after it and let's go do this. And I always say if that first deal had gone south and I had not made money or worse lost money, I may not be talking to you right now because I think it would have been a huge issue in my house to keep going when, cause she needed to see that it works. And so that was great. And then we worked as partners flipping uh, houses for the next two or three years that she was working with me. And then she eventually stepped out of the business and I flipped houses for another two or three years and then eventually switched my model, which is a real turning point because I have a, a presentation that I've given on stage where I show a graph of my business from day one till now. And the graph is pretty, it, it's pretty level. It's, it, it goes up a little, but it's pretty level. It's not very exciting until you hit a certain point and then it goes almost straight up where my business just skyrocketed, like exponential growth. And, and then people always ask me what happened right there, right? And so what happened right there is I did two things. I changed my model. I stopped being a house flipper and I switched to wholesaling. And the reason I did it was my last flip that I did, my realtor who I relied on far too, too much. I, I relied on him for comps. I relied on him for what the house will sell for once I was done, like what I should do to the house. He had so much control in my, in my business. It was very, very bad. And on one particular house, he just was wrong. He missed. He, he missed on what it was worth. He missed on what it would sell for. He missed on what I should do to it. And it was really, really bad. Same house, my contractor did what contractors do often. They sort of start going off the rails. He started overcharging me. He started not showing up for my for my renovation and just a lot of things. So I had to let him go. And so I was stuck where I had to let my realtor go. He was because not because he made a mistake, but because he didn't own it. He didn't take any ownership of it. He basically his attitude was, hey, these things happen. And I was like, no, no, they don't. No, 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 they, no, they don't. And so I had to let him go. I had to let my contractor go. And I was still getting leads 
but I had no team. My team had disappeared overnight and I had heard about wholesaling, didn't know what it was and took a local investor out to lunch and said, you're a wholesaler. Like, what is that? What does that mean? What do you do? What are the mechanics? And he kind of walked me through it and I started wholesaling and I fell in love. I, I honestly just, I've taken a lot of personality tests. I've hired a lot of people in my time and like the disc and the Colby and there's something called culture index, which is a little more advanced. I believe in those tests as a tool for hiring, not as it's not Bible, but it's a, it's a good tool. And I've taken them all and all of them say the same thing when I take them. Very impatient, can't wait for anything, must go, go, go. And I'm very driven. And so wholesaling scratched that itch for me. It allowed me more velocity in my business, which I love. And my business took off. And at the same time, I got mentorship. I started working with someone who was far beyond me, who was willing to open up their playbook and show me exactly how they built their business. And boy, I'll tell you, I went from doing at the time, and I'm going to use the word run rate. I don't know if your whole audience is familiar with that, but I come from the automotive industry. I was on about a $250 a year run rate. In other words, that was the pace of what I, that was what I was going to make at the end of the year. When I started working with a coach and a mentor, and I switched to my model and got a little direction, we went from 250 to within 12 months, making a million dollars. And it was just a mentor and, and really working on working in a way that was more conducive to what my personality needs. And my business has never been the same. We've been doing over a million dollars now for the last six years. So you had this hockey stick moment, which is what you described, you know, your flat yep. graph and then boom, straight up. And it was really just a couple of tweaks that you made. Like we all yeah. want to overcomplicate, overcomplicate it, but looking back, it was just, it was really simple for you. Um, yeah. And you know what I find too, it was simple for me, but it was simple. And I've, I've mentored a lot of people and, mm -hmm. and it doesn't always lead to success, but here's what I think I had going for me. This is something that I would consider one of my strengths and it sounds weird, but I know when to take, when and how to take direction, right? I was raised by a Marine. You think I didn't take direction growing up? You think I had a, a big ego that I had to, that I had to feed? Nope. I know when to take direction and how to take direction. And so when I found someone who truly had answers that I needed, I didn't second guess that person on everything they told me. I didn't put it off. I didn't, you know, I call them yeah butters. When you tell someone, so when they ask you how to do something, you tell them and they go, yeah, but in my market, it doesn't work. Like I didn't yeah, but him, I didn't question him. When he said, this is what I think you should do. This is what I did. I did it without question, I immediately implemented. And that was really the, the secret behind my growth. Okay, guys, that wraps up the episode. I hope that you learned that Mike, just like a lot of the other people that I bring on to the show, they're just like you. They're no different. They're not superhuman. They just realize that the key to success is the same path for everyone, right? You got to get over your fear. You got to get over yourself. You got to get out of your own way. You got to get around people that can help you get there. Take that with you in your efforts today. And I thank you for tuning in as always. And I will see you back here tomorrow.